Hello and welcome back to another episode of Keto Fitness and Everything in Between. Today we have myself and we do also have a very special guest. So we're really excited to have Noor on the podcast. Um, so if you've been following my platform, you'll see that I, um, I talk a lot about Noor and my profile. Um, she's amazing and she's also a low-carb dietitian under her handle, which is The Nourishing State. So we've got Noor on today, everybody. Thank you for the nice introduction, and I'm really happy to be on the podcast. Amazing. So, Noor, how about you um, sort of maybe introduce yourself a little bit to everybody and kind of where you are in the world as well? Mm-hmm. I'm in Holland, in a small town in the north of Holland at the moment. Um, I was living in Australia until, what was it, until uh, April, and I was actually intending to stay for four more years doing my PhD there. And um, yeah, my PhD would be focused on low carb, on keto, on uh, metabolic flexibility, um, but COVID hit. And I think I'm pretty sure that changed a lot of people's plans. So also mine. So now I'm back in Holland. Um, I am planning to stay here. Um, let's see, I'm a low carb dietitian. I graduated five years ago. And during my, um, my master's or during my bachelor, sorry, um, we're really, we were really focused on the um, general uh, dietary guidelines. So they're basically telling you, okay, you need to eat this amount of, uh, of bread, pasta, rice. Um, and then I started um, working in private practice, seeing a lot of clients, especially with uh, diabetes. And I was implementing my dietary guidelines trying to help them but we weren't getting any results and it was so frustrating like both for the clients and for me and I was kind of thinking okay I think I'm just going to stop being a dietitian like this isn't fun because I want to help and it feels that I can't help people so what am I going to do um, but during that time I was also doing my master's so I kind of realized okay I think I'm just going to go into research do my PhD etc But then I was still working with clients and I thought, okay, I need to do something differently. Like they are motivated to get to take back control of their health. So there should be something else that we can do. Um, And then I kind of started just researching on my own and found low carb. Um, Then I did training in low carb and I was and I started doing it with clients, seeing great results. So that's basically how my low carb journey with clients started. Oh, amazing. So I didn't know that. Um, so I don't actually know a lot about sort of the, the dietitian world. So first of all, you just took um, you, you studied um, for to be a dietitian. So is it sort of when you study to be a dietitian, is it just kind of like a general um, dietitian course that you go on and then you can kind of specialize and go down a certain avenue? Yeah, or at least like um, if you're doing it in Holland, and I think actually in most places, it's a bachelor's degree of four years, and they're just training you with the dietary guidelines. So I think that most, the tricky thing is like um, during your first or maybe second week, they're telling you, okay, your clients are going to lie to you. Like they underreport and they're just, um, they're just lying to you. And it's not that the, the dietary guidelines aren't working, it's them. Um, so if you're starting out like that, then you're thinking, oh yeah, okay, this is just what I've been told. This is what I would, uh, would encounter anyway. Um, so they're, they're training you with the dietary guidelines. And I think that's, um, the case in wherever you go, like whether it's the States, whether it's Australia, whether it's the UK, um, 
But I feel that when you're working as a dietitian and you're not seeing results and you're just dive, diving a, dip, uh, a bit deeper, then you'll find out, okay, maybe it's the carbs that we should do something about. Okay, maybe not just the carbs, but I think the carbs are like a very important thing to focus on, something they don't do with your, uh, with your studies. That's really interesting. So you found perhaps maybe when you were talking to clients that maybe you wanted to try and help clients that would you say that maybe wanted to lose weight and sort of regain control of their health? Mm -hmm. um, and you thought maybe that low carb was kind of the approach to, to go down as that was sort of your personal interest as well? Yeah, yeah. Or at least like, I'm not sure if it was my personal interest to start with, but it was my personal interest to actually be able to help them. Um, so then I just um, did more research and was looking at, okay, what could be the reason why certain people just don't lose the weight? And if you're looking at the whole physiological aspect of, th uh, aspect of things, you see that if you're not reducing your carb intake, you can't reduce your insulin. If this is going too deep and you have questions, just tell me. Uh, but I, I know that you know, but like maybe some listeners are like, what's insulin? Um, shall I explain? Yeah, I can. yeah, yeah, feel free. Yeah, I, I feel like you can never go too in depth with these podcasts. <laughs> so if you're eating, breaking it down into glucose, then um, your body produces insulin, a hormone that's uh, regulating your blood glucose, so the amount of sugar in your bloodstream, basically. Um, but the thing is, if your insulin levels are high, you can't burn fat. So basically what happens is that when your insulin is high, fat burning is just stopped. And if weight loss is your goal, then you need to have low insulin levels and therefore low um, glucose levels. So if you're just looking at like how your body actually works, it makes a lot of sense to um, then decide, okay, if someone wants to lose weight and it's not happening by just following the guidelines, then maybe we need to um, focus on the insulin levels, on the glucose levels, and therefore on the amount of carbs someone's eating. Yeah, do you know, and you know that I resonate with that as well, because, um, you know, I struggled with insulin resistance having um, PCOS. And I think that's why when I tried everything, like, I think when a lot of people come around to keto, they've tried everything, haven't they? They've, they've tried loads of different diets. And I think that that's just why it works for some people that do struggle with their insulin, because as soon as I started keto, the fat, the fat loss just happened all of a sudden. And it's because I managed to get the insulin under control. So it really is astonishing, like how switching to low carb can really help your body. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. Like, especially with people that tried everything basically and maybe they do have some success but they have to go really low calorie because the thing is like if you want to uh, keep your glucose down and your insulin down that can also happen i think around like okay it does depend per person but around like 800 calories a day but that's nothing like that's not sustainable and that's a tricky thing like some diets or maybe most diets we can say work but only for a small period of time and the real question you should be asking yourself like okay what i'm currently doing is that something that's actually sustainable like do i see myself doing this still in two years time if the answer is no you need to switch things up because because the um so many diets are like they're put towards you um especially now that like oh they cause nutritional ketosis and it's because they're so low calorie and it's like well you you can do that sure but then the metabolic damage that happens in the end is the worst part so you might just lose like that much weight but yeah yeah 
and yeah, like, as I said, it's just not sustainable. Like 800 calories, that's probably what I have for, okay, I wouldn't say breakfast. I would, I, I, but when I was having two meals a day, um, yeah, one meal was bigger than 800 calories. So it's nothing. Yeah. Gosh, like if you're, especially if you're, um, like if you're looking at the meals you eat, you can't just have all day. If you're trying to have three meals a day, that would just be impossible. Like you'd just be eating barely anything. And then I think that that would, that would just bring me down if I wasn't eating a lot of food and then I just feel tired and shaky. And Mm -hmm. I think I just wouldn't have a good mindset if I was eating that low calorie and focusing on the numbers as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it just becomes like a numbers game, really. You're not focusing on, and I think that's the the whole problem with low calorie too, that you're so focused on the numbers instead of, and actually that can be the the, um, the, the tricky thing with low carb and keto too. And I know that a lot of people do, um, but I find that if you're focusing on the food you're eating and just how your body feels, your body signals, your hunger, your satiety, it will just give you much better results. And you don't have like this very big focus on, I know just numbers, whether it's like you tracking your carbs or your calories or the weight on the scale, like there's so much more to life than just these numbers. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, and I think when it when it comes to numbers, it can just be a really dangerous mindset to go down. Um, so yeah, I totally agree with you there. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a tricky thing to do. And I know that most people, like a lot of people find it helpful. And like it can be helpful in the beginning if you don't have any knowledge about nutrition and about like the... Um, the carbs it contains and the calorie that is, uh, it contains, then, okay, it might be helpful, but I think it's a bit of a rabbit hole. Like as soon as you start, it's pretty hard to get out of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think it's interesting as well where um, I feel like we talk this a lot on the podcast and how keto can be sustainable because we see, um, we see a lot about how other diets are really sustainable. Um, but then I personally don't think that just staying in a calorie controlled diet, like 800 calories a day is sustainable, but then keto and low carb, as soon as you tell people that you're low carb, they go, Oh, well, when when are you going to stop doing that? You can't do that forever. And a lot of people believe that, you know, that's, that's not a long-term sustainable diet. Whereas I think all of us three can agree that it can be, if it is done in the right way and you do have the nutritional information, um, to kind of work with. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because when I started low carb, I was thinking, okay, I'm just going to do this for a short period of time and I can't wait to go back to my old way of eating. Um, I started uh, because I had two uh, serious concussions. I still had daily headaches. I was in Australia at the time working with uh, another low carb dietitian and she was suggesting like, why don't you try this yourself? Because it's like, of course, low carb is uh, um, anti-inflammatory. You're like, when you have concussions, your brains are basically inflamed. So it makes sense. And then I thought, okay, I, I needed a good reason to do this anyway, because I feel if you're recommending something to someone, you need to try it yourself too. You'll just be better able to, to help someone. But when I started, I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this until my headaches are better. And then I'm just going to go back. But I never went back. Like it's, I think it's, it's the most sustainable way of eating because you're not hungry all the time. And of course, that like depends per person. It also depends how well your body is capable of burning fats, how well it's capable of burning um, glucose, for example. But when I was 
basically following the dietary guidelines myself, I was so hungry. I was eating six times a day, maybe seven, and always hungry in between. When I had consultations and that was always like back to back, um, I was just making sure that I had like a juice with me. And I know I already knew then that juice is but like, oh, I don't know if I... <laughs> you're allowed to swear it's fine we've got a little bleeper <laughs> um but i know that i i shouldn't be drinking a juice but i just needed it to not be hungry and i just needed something fast so yeah i think for me personally and i th i feel that for my clients too and for a lot of people it's the most sustainable way to eat because it's so satisfying and if weight loss is your goal you kind of associate that with hunger and I think that when you're starting with low carb you're, or with keto, you find out, okay, I can lose weight and I can get healthier without being hungry. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I think that is one of the things that most people struggle with, don't they? Is they just go, oh, I'm just so hungry. Yeah. And then you can end up just snacking throughout the day, just constantly snacking. I think that's, that's what I was struggling with as well because I would wake up and I'd have maybe – I'd have some cereal for breakfast and then an hour later I'd be like oh I'm really hungry again and I need to eat again <laughs> yeah yeah and that's the thing like if and especially like I feel that um fat of course is a very important component but I also feel that like so people are or really focused on uh, on their carbs or on their fat whether it's like a, they're following a high carb diet or a low carb diet and then a high fat diet but not many people really um look at their protein intake. And that's, I think, the most important thing to look at. So also with cereals, like even though it's uh, high carb, but if you would have, let's come up with something low carb, like nuts, for example, pretty low carb, um, but there's no protein or at least like a very small amount. So if you would just have nuts, you're probably not gonna be satisfied for long. Yeah, definitely. And I think that was one of the, um, nor does have a um, meal plan as well, guys. <laughs> so when I was reading um, your meal plan, I think that the nutritional information that you, you got across about protein is just so important because I think a lot of people get scared about protein, don't they? Especially when it comes to keto, because they're so focused on just lowering carb and like, really really upping your fat and they're focused on hitting that maybe 70 to 75 percent fat per day and then they're missing out on protein and then yeah i i just think protein is just so important if anything i focus more on protein rather than fat sometimes yeah yeah i think that's a good thing especially when you're losing weight like if you're under under eating protein you're kind of breaking down your muscle mass so even though you're losing weight it's not the actual or like of course it's 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 a bit of both but you want to make sure that the the weight you're losing is actually fat instead of your muscles because muscles are really important for your health so you want to make sure and like especially if you're going to the gym and you're actually focusing on building muscle mass then you also want to make sure with your diet by eating enough protein that you're not breaking it down and i think that's so hard for people to kind of grasp because so for instance when you're jumping into like low carb and keto that you start watching like all the videos on youtube or something and you've got all these people telling you um that you should only be having one meal a day that you should only be having like a really small amount of protein that you need to keep your carbs as minimal as possible and you always need to have a bulletproof coffee in the morning it's like it, it's like a competition to just keep going like how deep into ketosis can i get but then 
suffer. Yeah, yeah much more. By yeah, yeah, you just suffer in the end because that's not sustainable to your lifestyle. You need to find something that actually works. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel that's so true. Like, I think, and it, it doesn't even matter whether it's keto or paleo or whatever diet. Like, it becomes this. Um, like, I feel that a lot of people want to sit in a particular box. Like boxes can be safe of course but at the end of the day it's important to um to to see what works for you and if you like i know that people can be really excited and inspired and motivated by fasting but for some people it's just not right like it's not right or like it, it shouldn't be this game to think okay but that person on YouTube or Instagram or wherever was doing like a 72 hour fast. So I need to get into like a 75 hour fast. No, because you don't know what the situation of that person is. Like that person could be, and probably is entirely different from you and their lifestyle is different from your lifestyle. And I think that's the most important thing about like, and yeah, with every diet, make sure that it, that it fits your lifestyle, your needs, your goals, instead of like being in a competition. The only, I know this, this sounds a bit corny, but the only competition you're, you're, you're in is with yourself. And it's so true. That is so, so true. Um, and I think it's really important how you just said there is you can build, especially when you're looking up to people online and you are, you know, Instagram and YouTube, they're all brilliant resources to help inspire you and um, to have your own research. But then you can, you know, especially sometimes even I at the beginning, I could admit that I wanted to sort of label myself as I'm just keto like I'm only keto I'm never going to eat a piece of toast ever again and that that's me and I need to keep this up when actually it's it's quite um I can't find the right word but I think it's I think we should definitely all be taking a bit of a holistic approach to kind of realize that life is more than just sticking to maybe just kind of like branding yourself is just one thing and kind of pushing your horizon a little bit if that makes sense I don't really know if that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) I agree yeah because I think like the tricky thing especially with keto or like what something that can be a tricky thing is that it can still be very focused on numbers like if you feel okay I need to be as low carb as possible then you're still focusing on just numbers not on how certain foods make you feel how your energy levels are throughout the day how your sleep is Um, so yeah I think that's really important to realize like am I doing this just to be as keto or as low carb as possible or am I doing this because it works for me and I feel that it's sustainable I think you shared like an infographic about for instance the fasting and why some people it doesn't Mm. you know work as well for and I think you know especially when you might not come from like the most healthy kind of point of view from like eating or dieting or fitness in general like once you start on that road it is just so difficult to then kind of come back because you are trying to put yourself as you guys said, like in a box. And if you then don't fit in that box, you almost feel like an outcast. Like I feel like people that do, for instance, like a more dirty keto, they don't feel like they can be in, for instance, like the clean keto groups or something because they're not part of that. And it's like, no, no, we're all here to lower inflammation, lower sugar and lower the carbs. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think that's very true. What you're saying. As soon as, yeah, I think that that's what, what a lot of people experience, especially if they've been dealing with like an unhealthy way of eating um, and they've followed like multiple diets and then their keto. And like, it can be a bit scary to up your carbs all of a sudden or to have like a higher carb meal because you probably, or this, I, I'm wondering like if this happened to me too, because I was keto before, now I'm much more low carb and I'm pretty flexible about things. Um, yeah, I, I was thinking like this is happened to me that I was keto and I was just a bit like, okay, what am I going to do now? But I can relate to the fact that um, it kind of builds your image or something or like the way people see you. Um, because I've like, I'm now eating bread every now and then sourdough, good bread, but I'm getting messages like, what bread do you eat? And like, I'm not going to tell anyone, but I just want to know, is this low carb bread? And I'm like, it's sourdough. It's written next to it. It, it contains carbs. Like I'm okay with you knowing and everyone knowing that I'm not full blown keto anymore. But it, but it's funny to observe because like, even if you wouldn't have a problem with it yourself, and I feel that pe most people already do, um, other people can have problems with, with it. They're like, but you're a keto or a low carb page. So what does that bread or that like, I was posting a croissant the other day and like, okay, I didn't get any, yeah, I did get messages on that too. People saying like, but that's not low carb. No, it's not. But I think that's fine. And it's like, yeah, I feel it's good to, to show the, the gray area too, that not everything has to be dead black and white. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, you don't need to cut out these foods entirely. And if you can make them work within your lifestyle, then absolutely go for it. And sometimes, you know, don't worry that you're, you know, going over a certain amount in your daily allowance. If you want to enjoy something, I, I much think it's better to enjoy the actual real thing, like a small part of the real thing and the carbs and the sugar rather than um, sort of restricting yourself from that, because then that can also kind of lead to a bad mindset. And then you kind of get down that you think that you can never have these foods again. But if you're just sensible with the foods that you eat then you can make any any food theoretically you can have in a low-carb diet I think yeah definitely. I agree yeah yeah I saw that you were having banana the other day Shannon and yeah. <laughs> because people feel okay I'm low-carb so I can't even be in the same room as a banana but you, you can be <laughs> like it if you're having a small amount you, you can make it work like and I think that if you're craving a particular food, if there's like a meal or a food or whatever that you really like, just have it every now and then. Because if you're not allowing yourself that urge or like the, the need to want that food only grows and it's harder to satisfy that. Or like if you're having, I don't know, like a, um, a replacement that doesn't really work. Like if you're in a mood for banana, but you're having, I don't know, strawberries all the time, you're probably overeating on strawberries because they're not really, um, the, you're, you're not really settling for the food that you actually want to have. So yeah, I think, I think that's so important. Also, because as you just said, like, otherwise you're still in this mindset, even though you're keto or you're low carb and you're probably doing better than on a, a low calorie diet. But if you still, if you're fearing certain foods, that's unhealthy too. Even though it's low carb, even though it's keto, you'll still have disordered eating in that way. It's almost like a all or nothing approach as well, that people get so into it that if someone even mentions like a slice of pizza, that's it like 
you know that's just completely cut off and especially when for instance you might come from more of like an orthorexic kind of um area mm-hmm. then when you're like so you then fear all of these foods because they're not part of keto or they're not like low carb approved it's like you have to have some flexibility otherwise you're just gonna go mad quite frankly Mm -hmm. you are you are someone was um sending me a photo the other day with like a statement on instagram it said something like everyone that's or like keto is um an eating disorder something like that um and of course it triggered like a lot of people's responses it's it also did for me. And I think because like someone else was sending it to me and she was asking, what do you, how do you feel about this? Um, and I said to her, like, I think you can't like, even also with this, you can't be that black and white. Like you can't say, okay, keto is an eating disorder per se. No, I do feel especially nowadays that keto is becoming like bigger and more popular and more people are following it, that it can contribute to, disordered eating because like as we're saying it feels that okay i need to be in my safe box and i can't have a banana or a slice of pizza or whatever um and yeah like if you're fearing certain foods that i think is a very unhealthy way of dealing with it yeah no i agree and i think in a way as well i can hold my hands up and say that when i started it maybe was a little bit of an obsession for me and I would be scared to go near any sort of foods. And, you know, um, you know, if Tom was having, say, something and chips on the side, so he'd, I'd always try and cook keto meals for Tom. And then if he wanted some carbs on the side, like he'd have some bread or some chips on the side. And he'd be like, oh, go on, just have, you know, have one chip or, you know, whatever. And I'd be like, no, no, I can't because it's going to affect me. It's just one chip. It's just, it's not going to do anything, but it is dangerous. And when I found myself falling into that mindset, I had to just, I had to get over my fear and I had to just, I had to have a few and get over that initial fear because I think going into any diet, whether it's keto or not, you can never fear food because then it's just not going to work and it's just not going to be good for you, whatever your goal is when it comes to dieting. Yeah. What did you? This, that when you were having I don't know like something higher carb every now and then nothing happened so that reassured you that it was okay to do yeah I think so and it reassured me that it's it's absolutely fine and it's just being careful and mindful that you just don't you know I came from a little bit of background of sort of binge eating and when I'd have something I would then crave it even more and then I just wouldn't really know where my limit was and I think what keto has helped me with is just having everything in sort of moderation that's kind of like a really cheesy and cliche and very old thing to say is having everything in moderation but I think that it is so true Mm. and it's so important to kind of live your life that way and I think especially where I'm exercising as well I think a lot of people go into keto thinking that they can be I don't want to say the word lazy but I think a lot of people think that keto is a good diet if they don't want to move and they don't want to exercise and you know, you've got to exercise. I think if weight loss is a goal, like a big health goal, you can't just focus on just diet. It's, it's movement as well. So if you're moving and you're having those few carbs, especially if you're moving, it's not going to, it's not going to affect you. It's not going to affect you. And also I feel like with um, people with like really high levels of insulin resistance, you do have to move on top of like a low carb diet because the, one of the main like, 
triggers for insulin resistance is inactivity and overeating overeating of the carbs and the sugars and the refined you know grains whatever but um if you don't then move like obviously progress can be slower but it could also be halted because even cutting out the carbs like your body still needs to heal and you know regardless of whether you want to move like exercise is really good for you so and natural endorphins and can help you in your journey in general yeah for your mental health too yeah but i do like there's i feel another side of exercising too um because most people think okay when i'm embarking on a new lifestyle i'm going to change my diet i'm going to change uh, my exercise or like i'm, I'm going to do better on both sides which is good, but in some cases it can be that people over-exercise because I think that's the thing with everything really. Like if you're fasting for too long, if you're exercising for too long, if maybe even your carbs are too low for some people, I think actually that can be the case. Um, yeah, I've never said this out loud, but I think it, <laughs> I think it actually is that for some people it just doesn't work. Um, yeah, not a one-size-fits-all. Oh, no. But then also with exercise, like most people feel, okay, I need to do more. For some people, they need to do less. Like if you're in the gym five times a week and you're not seeing any results, you, you know that your stress levels are really high, that you're um, fasting on top of it. This was actually my client. It was too much. Like her body was so much stress and the important thing to realize is that you're, so we're really like keto and low carb focuses on a, um, a stable blood glucose but it's not just the carbs that contribute to your blood glucose going up it's also cortisol so your stress hormone if you're really stressed and you're adding even more stress to your stress bucket whether that's like um, physical activity or fasting or whatever you want to do or like a new stressful job you're doing that can be the reason why you're not losing weight or why you're not uh, reaching your goals because your cortisol goes up, your glucose goes up, your insulin goes up, and you can't burn fat anymore. And I think that's a really important thing for people to realize too. It's diet, yes, of course, but it's also how you deal with stress. Like if your stress levels are really high, you're not going to lose weight, or at least it's going to be really hard. Especially if you put like the low protein yeah. on top of that, because. Um, there are a lot of studies out there about how people who are highly anxious or highly stressed you i'm not sure if burn is the right word but you process the protein so much quicker and so you do need to make like keep your protein high enough so that you can control your stress levels yeah that's that's very true like you're um when you're stressed you're using or you're I don't know if you can really say burn. Uh, hopefully you're not burning your protein, but like if your protein intake is, your intake is, um, or your intake is too low and you're under a lot of stress, you need more protein. Your requirement is higher. So yeah, you're right. Like if you're under eating protein and you're very stressed, then nope, you're not doing, um, you're not really helping your body or your health. And we've heard a lot of stories of people where, you know, they've had a lot of hair fall out, like they've had a lot of muscle mass lo like lost and then they're stuck with, you know, a lot of like stubborn fat areas. It's like, well, you know, you need to make sure that like your muscle mass is high enough. Yeah. And you need to up your protein. I've actually, like, I know that people, I, I know that like in um, these keto groups, people are actually telling each other like hair loss is one of the side effects of keto, but that can't, <laughs> That's so, so untrue. 
hair loss means protein deficiency. It means that you don't have enough building blocks to make your body work. It's not a, an actual side effect that you need to be okay with. Like if you are losing hair, you need to up your protein. You really do. Yeah. I think with me as well, that was something that I kind of learned from you yourself, Nor, because I think when I went into keto, I've said this on a previous podcast, I went in with a bit of research, but I didn't know anything to sort of do with nutrition. I knew the basics of keto, but I wasn't clued up on my nutrition. And it wasn't until I spoke to you and I saw um, the great IGTV that you did with Funky Fat Foods on protein, just how important that is and losing hair shouldn't just be normal it shouldn't be normal you shouldn't have to deal with that to be able to lose weight and if you think that I mean you're going on a diet to lose weight and become healthier hair loss is not healthy (laughs) no no yeah that your body just isn't dealing with what you're doing really well yeah also like people don't seem to realize that regardless of like your weight if you don't have enough protein like your body starts basically like digesting your organs like regardless of what and the same with with, like too low calories like it happens that's what happens to anorexic people so yeah because like if you're so if you would be on an 800 calorie diet or 800 calories per day like that's hard to get enough protein in especially if you also want to eat some fats which you're probably not going to do because like if you're that low calorie, you're just going to avoid all forms of fat. And yeah, then you're just hungry all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's good to, um, for people to realize like carbs are important. Yes. Fat is important. Yes. But we also have protein and we shouldn't forget about protein. Definitely. So I think from sort of your kind of point of view being, being a low carb dietitian, um, why do you think you maybe I don't know how to phrase this? Why do you think that low carb um, is sort of the sort of best way moving forward for sort of can it be for everybody? Can low carb be for everybody? Um, let's see. I think I would say low carb, yes. Keto, no. I feel so. If we're looking, okay, if we're taking an imaginary person, like she's 30 years old, she has a high stress job, she's working out three times a week. Um, What else can we say about her? Like she's just experiencing a lot of stress and yeah, she's 30, so she's still young. Um, I wouldn't put her on keto probably. Like even, okay, so let's, let's make it an A, B situation be insulin resistant or she would have PCOS so probably she is insulin resistant then I would put her on low carb and probably leaning towards keto but if she wouldn't be insulin resistant if she needs to lose like a couple of kilos I wouldn't say that keto is the right way for her and that's what I what I find that people feel okay but keto should be or is a good diet for everyone but probably with I wanted to say probably with every diet, but that's not true because most people, most diets just kind of suck. Um, but I think with keto, yeah, it's not good. It, like, it, it's not good for everyone. You just, you can't say, okay, this is um, the right diet for you. So it's the right diet for me too. And my neighbor should do it, should also do it. Um, and I feel that like by saying, okay, low carb is good for everyone, or at least for most people, like low carb is so broad. Low carb can go from zero carbs a day, people do that, to 
130 grams per day. Like 130 grams is still classified as low carb. Um, so it's like pretty okay or pretty um, safe to say low carb is good for most people because like it, it's so broad, but keto specifically, like I would recommend it in certain situations if, um, if someone is insulin resistant, if someone's already diabetes, uh, cancer treatment, um, obesity, um, or like has been struggling with weight loss and needs to lose like, I don't know, 20 kilos, for example, or more, um, then I would think, okay, it's probably also good. But then like, if that's the case, then someone's probably insulin resistant anyway. Um, so yeah, I think that's important to realize with keto, like, and especially if you want to embark on it yourself and you don't really know that much about it yet, um, really make sure and probably look for help to see if it's right for you. Yeah. 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 I hear what you're saying as well, because I think, I think low carb way of eating is probably kind of the best that I found as well. Like keto, when I needed to lose like the vast majority of the weight I needed to lose, being in ketosis, I really, really felt the benefits of that. But then kind of moving forward to finding a lifestyle, I think that eating low carb can be a really, really good lifestyle. And it's important to remember that you don't have to completely cut out carb like carby and higher sugary foods. And I think that almost leaning towards when you're low carb, you can almost lean to a sort of a more paleo approach where you can include things like fruits and natural things like sweet potatoes and upping your natural carbs and vegetables which we've spoken about on the last episode as well um, and I do feel like I repeat myself a lot but I almost feel like when you're low carb you can lean to a paleo and kind of primal approach yeah yeah and I think that's an important thing you're saying like you had a different goal while being on keto than you are now you're on low carb and that's the most important thing. Like during that time, it worked really well for you to be keto and to be like really low with your calorie intake. But now, um, now you can be a bit more flexible. So there's, you can also be more flexible with your carb intake. And then it makes sense that you're more into low carb instead of like strict keto all the time. And yeah, also as like, um, from a sustainable point of view, like if you allow yourself to have, I don't know, like a high carb meal every now and then or a high carb snack or something that you really like to eat, you know that you can sustain that way of eating for probably the rest of your life instead of if you're so strict keto and you feel, I know that some people do really, really well on keto. Like I was actually doing so well on keto that I had to not remind myself, but yeah, maybe remind myself in a way like, okay, bread is also really nice. I, I was made of bread. Like I was eating bread all every day i cut it out completely and then i was so happy within my keto space that i was thinking like but i don't need bread and now that i'm eating bread every now and then i realize okay this is actually really good um but i think that's important too to question or not even question but to just ask yourself the question am i um do i still like the way things are going do i still like how i'm eating and also yeah, another important thing I think is to ask yourself, okay, is my diet defining me? As you said, Shannon, like if, um, if you're keto and that's like your handle or that's how, you, um, how people know you, whether it's on Instagram or in real life, like whatever, um, I think it's good to ask yourself, okay, am I still doing this because that's how people know me and that's what, what is expected of me? Or is it still like, 
actually still working for me? Is it still serving me and leading me to my goals? Yeah, and you, you can change. Mm-hmm. Nothing's ever set in stone. You can always change. Um, and I think I um, have you ever heard of Mark? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his surname, but is it Mark Sisson or Mark Sison? Um, so he's um, he's the founder of the Primal Kitchen. Um, and he talks about how um, regularly um, when you're on keto um, and you've got your body into a good um, understanding of its metabolic state when it's in ketosis, when you then feed your body regular carbs every now and again, you break ketosis, your body then, um, when it goes back into ketosis, it has it, it knows exactly what to do and then you kind of reap the rewards a lot more. So you can kind of fluctuate in and out of ketosis rather than staying in ketosis for like the rest of your life. <laughs> now that's, um, that's called metabolic flexibility. So that was actually the thing that I wanted to do my PhD on. Um, so it indicates how well your body is capable of burning fat and how well your body is capable of burning glucose and just kind of switch between one another. Um, because the thing is, and something that most people don't realize, like if you're not eating carbs or if you're really low carb for a very long period of time, your body is going to stop or your stomach is going to stop producing a certain enzyme. And that enzyme is necessary to break down carbs. So what happens then is when you're, so when you're, um, when you're keto for, let's say a month, you're not eating any carbs. As soon as you do, your body's going to struggle with having the carbs because like it's not used to it anymore. Um, And that was actually the research that I wanted to do to see, okay, what would be the best way to um, to have like a higher carb day or an exception then because it makes sense that if your body stops producing that enzyme and it wants to go and, and you do want to have like a high carb meal then I would probably say okay have it for a couple of days then and then go back to keto because otherwise you're um, just having one high carb meal. Your body doesn't really know what to do with it. You want it to be, you want to be back into ketosis as soon as possible. But if you feel, okay, I need that higher carb meal um, pretty often, just because you're too strict and you can't really um, cope with the way you're, you're eating, um, then wait, what was, what was I like? What am I, what am I saying? <laughs> I think it's just like bringing, allowing yourself to have higher carb meals in your week. If you could, if you, if you feel the need to, if you feel like your body can't run fully on ketosis, then, you know, I, a lot of people don't they, they, they kind of take the approach of staying low carb and really strict keto Monday to Friday. And then they'll allow themselves some treats mm-hmm. on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do that. No. If you feel, because like, um, your body can handle a certain amount of carbohydrates, like all our bodies can. And for some people it's higher than it is for someone else. Um, but if you're having like very high carb days and if you're really suppressing all your uh, sweet cravings throughout the week, you're probably going to overeat, overindulge on high carb foods. So yeah, like I, I think it would be better. I think it's the same with alcohol really like if you feel okay i'm not gonna drink throughout the week but i'm just gonna do it on weekends and when i do i'm just gonna have i don't know a couple of glasses a bottle whatever you do um that's not very healthy 
And it's the same with carbs. Like your body needs to process everything. And I know that a lot of people feel, oh, but if I'm just being very strict and I'm just having like that break over the weekend, you still need to realize that your body needs to process everything. So if you're having a full-blown high-carb day and your body can't handle carbs that well, then like I don't want to say that you're undoing all your hard work, but it can be the reason why you're at a plateau, why you're not seeing your weight go down anymore yeah no definitely that makes so much sense yeah and i think it also has a lot to do with your like microbiome as well that if you start cutting out a lot of those foods for instance like um the bread the potatoes and stuff like your your stomach's like coping with what you're eating at the time so if you immediately go from like one extreme to the other like that's where mm. you get a ton of bloating because the bacteria has probably like lowered its levels of certain ones and so it can't process it all like as quickly yeah, mm. yeah especially if you've been so this was a story i was just trying to tell um, especially if you've been keto for a while you're you're you, you're just not producing the enzyme anymore so it makes sense that your body just doesn't really know what to do with the uh, with the carbs you're eating, especially if you're eating like a very big amount. Um, so yeah, again, really important to ask yourself the question, is this working for me? Is this something that I can sustain also over the weekends? And if you feel I need more carbs, that's fine. That's okay. But just implement a bit every single day instead of having like very high carb days, because that also like, that's not a very healthy way of going around food because you, you're still um like if you really limit yourself during the weekdays and then you're kind of binging over the weekends like then you're not starting your your new week your your monday really well because you feel that you've messed up that you're not doing good enough that you need to be extra strict that's not a good way to, to start your week i think also like the massive spike in glucose and insulin that you would get because of that then yeah obviously will affect your mood the next couple of days but it also you know, like metabolically will take you like steps back if you're insulin resistant. Yeah, it will. Mm -hmm. Especially as you're saying, when you're insulin resistant, it's just going to take a while for your body to burn all the glucose and get back into ketosis again. Yeah. So I think when, when it comes to say, say if you have, um, like a, a new client or say like a someone that comes to you and just says no how do I start what do I do what do I do help me um I think maybe for the viewers would you mind saying what would be like maybe your one biggest advice when it comes to someone thinking about losing weight where do you sort of suggest that they start within themselves um I think the best way to start is keeping a food diary I know that most people feel, okay, I know what I'm eating, but it, it, it's probably really insightful to just write it down a week. Just write all your meals down, how you feel, which is probably helpful too. Like if you have an after dinner dip or if you're um, waking up really tired, just get a good overview of your way of eating and your lifestyle basically to see, okay, where am I at? Because if you know what the current situation is, you can take informed action and you can actually know okay what am i going to do um but then what to do i feel that for most people it would still be a good thing okay so let's let's um have the viewers or the listeners or 
the people um, who are no. <laughs> Um, then I would say have a look at your protein intake because I know that most low carbers ketoers are probably protein deficient so have a look at your protein I would aim for 100 to 150 grams of a protein source per meal if you're a vegetarian or if you're vegan I would say 200 grams whether it's like tofu tempeh seitan you just need more from a plant-based protein because the protein structure is different so your body just needs to get more in order for your protein uh, requirement to be met so that's for the low carb or ketoers then if you're new to everything I would just see then I would then I would lower your your carb intake what I would do is start with one meal a day preferably breakfast but if you feel okay breakfast is the meal that i really need my carbs and i just can't start with this meal then just choose another one um but i think it's really important to take it as like a step-by-step approach because um what we already discussed like people are um showing how well they're doing how how little they're eating how much fat they're eating they're fasting of 70 hours like all these things but don't focus on them focus on you focus on your first meal that you'll have as like a low carb or keto meal and the uh, the reason why i say start with your breakfast is that when your breakfast is low carb your blood glucose is just going to be um better regulated throughout the day so it just helps to have like a low carb breakfast that's really interesting, actually, because I've always, I might try and adopt that approach and see how I go for a while, because I've always, if I've had a carbia meal, I've actually always had it for breakfast. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I've kind of always done it that way. So say if I'm going to have like a granola or like syrups or, you know, even mm-hmm. a slice of toast, I've always had it for breakfast. So I might, I've never actually tried having a, a super well, not super, but like a, no. having my carbs more in a different meal, say like lunch yeah. in the middle of the day. Hmm. Again, it does depend per person, but like if you're insulin resistant, then it's just best to do it, to have like a low carb meal to start your day with. Um, if you're very active, for example, or like if you're having, if you have a healthy weight, it's not that, um, it doesn't matter that much, but I feel that if you're embarking on low carb, you probably have a reason. And I know that for most people it's weight loss. Then I would say, yeah, make your first meal low carb just to start things with. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you feel, okay, this is going really well, take your next meal. And, but don't feel, okay, I need to change everything overnight because that's too much. That's overwhelming. And like, I, I didn't do that uh, that way myself. Like I did it meal per meal, step by step, because I felt, okay, if I need to change everything overnight, like I was eating probably like 70% carbs. So if I would have changed everything overnight, I had no idea what to do. And even as a dietitian. So yeah, just start small. One meal. Oh, and- thank, you. thank you so much. I feel like that's a really, that's a really nice approach, isn't it? Because you're kind of almost gradually easing yourself into ketosis. So you're not going to um, shock your body mm. in a way. So your body's not going to get that shock. It's going to gradually learn how to burn fat rather than glucose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good to be a bit gentle with our bodies, with our minds. Yeah. Um, like keto flu, like that's why people get it because it's such an all or nothing approach um and then you're just like stuck in this like oh i feel like so sick and you know all i want to eat is carbs and it's like you know if you just do it nice and slowly then you'll probably have a much better time mm. yeah. yeah oh yeah like for some people it, it 
it can work to go for this all or nothing approach, but I think it only works for a small period of time. Like if you're looking at a very sustainable way of eating, it probably doesn't. Oh, important thing to, um, to mention about the keto flu is dehydration. Make sure that you're getting your magnesium, your salt. You don't have to experience the keto flu. Even if you're going all in, you don't. So really your magnesium, take your salt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say as well, um, so if anyone's sort of thinking about le going low carb, um, Nora is a brilliant source of inspiration when it comes to things like this and like gentle daily reminders, especially in your stories um, where you've been like, you know, remember to take your water and you do those brilliant polls where it's actually really um, informative and really interactive and a lot of the times they've answered one of your questions in your polls, so I can't think of one of the questions now or, you know, maybe about like protein or something and I've clicked on it I thought I know the answer to that and it's it's wrong and you've been really really informative and helpful so if anyone's kind of looking for any sort of inspiration and ways to get started I'd definitely go and have a little look at Nora's Instagram um, and we'll link it all in the description in the bottom as well <laughs> no it is it's it's really insightful um and as a lot of um a lot of people know um you kindly um, sent me your meal plan with Abby as well. And I must say, doing the meal plan, um, I think, especially going into this year as well, I found this year really hard with COVID, going into lockdown. I struggled a lot with my nutrition. So sort of taking, taking your meal plan approach where it brought me out of such a strict ketosis. And I, I went low carb and I upped my carbs with your plan and I still lost four pounds. I still lost weight. And then it made me realise like, I don't need to be so strict keto to lose weight. Like I, I can up my carbs. Um, so yeah, your, your meal plan has been really good for me as well from a personal point of view. Oh, I'm really happy to hear that. Yay. Oh, that is okay. <laughs> Little plug for you. <laughs> um, I don't know if, well, Shannon, don't you have like a code for that as well? I do, I do. So there is a discount code in my bio, um, and you can also find that in Nor's bio too. Um, I do not. I can't even remember what my discount code is. I think it's just my name, isn't it? I think it's just Shannon. <laughs> yeah, Shannon for ten percent off. But it is in my bio too. Um, but Nor, you also do have a um, a three day um, free trial in your plan in your bio, don't you? So if anyone's sort of looking to get started. Um, nor does have a brilliant sort of three-day sort of introduction to a low-carb way of eating. Um, and you also um, have a really good blood test checkbook. So Nor's just also written a new book, an e-book, where if you are looking to get started and, you know, a lot of people aren't aware of their own health. And, you know, when it comes to your, like your blood levels, a lot of people may not know if they're sort of insulin resistant or they're lacking in certain, um, you know, they're lacking in certain areas. Um, I'd probably recommend purchasing those uh, blood test checked. Most people don't really think about it. They're just, okay, change my diet. Um, and they don't really have like, it's working for me. What does my body need? Um, yeah. So I think that would be another good step to start or like a good, a good place to start. Definitely. And is there sort of anything else that you would maybe want to say to our viewers? Any sort of any last little mini tips or advice? Yeah, I think important to not be too hard on yourself. Like I know that a lot of people are in this toxic diet cycle. They've tried everything. Um, 
but it's not you. Like it's not that you're not motivated enough or that you, um, that you can't do it or that like, it's not you. In most cases, it's just the guidelines who've let you down, who've led you to believe that you're doing something wrong and that you're a failure, but really you're not. So start investigating your health and what works for you because like you don't have to settle for like for being unhealthy or being unhappy if yeah like i i think that's really important to start back taking control um because it's really up to you yeah oh, well that is that is so lovely well thank you just so much for coming on you know we, we were really excited yeah. to to have you on because you are such a knowledgeable person so thank you for taking the time to film this with us today thank you too i i was actually like when the podcast just came out I was thinking oh it would be fun to be on that podcast uh, <laughs> asked me I was like oh my gosh it's happening that's fun <laughs> oh I love that I love that and we love talking to um different types of people on, yeah. on here as well so everyone's got a, a different story to tell so I love saying really yeah it's really nice happen. to talk to you uh, from just not across like Instagram so yeah yeah that's it because we talk so much and I'd, I'd consider you a friend as well Nor, because we do talk so much and yeah. we voice note each other but it's actually nice to talk to you face to face <laughs> see each other and to, yeah have a live connection yep <laughs> i agree <laughs> oh well thank you so much for coming on thank you too